Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. It is a Monday, December 4th, the first week of Advent. Hope your uh, first Sunday of Advent went well yesterday. Beautiful time of year, beautiful liturgical season. And, of course, we discussed this in great detail with both Father Mitch Pacwa and our Cultural Connections last Thursday, and again, Father Chris Alar on Friday. And we'll continue doing stories about Advent, because for me, I don't know, the Church is such a huge, deep well. I think you can always learn something more about these seasons. It really helps keep us, I think, in in rhythm, like there's this rhythm that the Church has, this beautiful natural cycle of rhythm that the Church has. So it's a, a great discussion to talk about Advent. And don't forget, as Doug Keck said on Friday, Terrific resources that we're offering you, as we always do, during this Advent season and beyond, and more information about our programming at EWTN. Well, coming out up on the show today, looking forward to talking with Katie Zelana. She's the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, and they have a new program that they're announcing, and it's really cool. We'll give you all the details, and I think there's been so much over the years misinformation about NFP and not enough information about NFP, where the culture has just basically taken over this discussion and thinking, oh, it doesn't work, it's old-fashioned, it's backward, when just the opposite is true. Katie joins us at 9.15, and then 9.39 Eastern Time, Lori Windham is going to be with us. She's the VP and Senior Counsel at the Beckett Fund. They're an amazing religious freedom law firm, and they're going to be talking about how a Catholic parish is seeking to protect its religious mission and all the different attacks that are being launched now by this administration run by a quote-unquote Catholic president. And there's even more efforts that are being done right now in terms of abortion, but we'll discuss that on another day. But Lori Windham is going to be joining us at 39 minutes past the hour on a Monday. And then our very own Gail Buckley Berenger will join us with our Bible verse of the week. And I'm looking forward to this discussion on this particular verse, because if you want to talk about confusion when it comes to misunderstanding what the church is teaching or what the church is saying here, because people automatically assume sometimes, not all the time, but some people, if they've never really done a deep dive into scripture, when you hear about St. Paul talking about, and we know, you know, the verse I'm probably going to reference Ephesians five two: wives be subject to your husbands as is fitting with the Lord. So that sounds very uh, anti-woman. It sounds like total submission, total control, being lorded over. But it means just the opposite. If you continue on, as Gail, I'm sure, will explain, in that chapter, it talks about husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. What did God do for the church? He died for it. So when you're talking about this relationship between male and female, you really have to take a breath and say, okay, Lord, help me understand this, because this does not sound like something attractive to me, especially if I'm a young person thinking about marriage. What does it mean? And what does St. Paul say about it? We will discuss with our very own Gail Buckley when she joins us at the end of the show at about 50 minutes past the hour. So again, our program, Katie Zulanis, the Executive Director of the Couple to Couple League, Lori Windham from Beckett, and then Gail Buckley with our Bible verse of the week. How's the weather looking? Well, not too bad. The Northwest has some issues. According to the National Weather Service, rounds of moisture continuing to bring periods of rain, mountain snow, and high winds 
throughout the week across the northwest into the central and northern Rockies. And they're talking about urban, small stream, and moderate to isolated major five river or river flooding impacting are expected between the Puget Sound and the Cascades in the middle of the week. And then the heavy snow that's been hitting New England is supposed to subside by tonight. Otherwise, pretty mild, especially in the middle of the country, we're experiencing warmer temps for December uh, in the realm of 40 to 55 degrees, depending on where you're located. It is a Monday morning, four minutes past the hour, the first week of Advent 2023. A lot of news, never a dull moment. Let's get started on a Monday and see what's happening in and around the world. In his catechesis for the first Sunday of Advent, Pope Francis focusing on the theme of vigilance. He was referring to this Sunday's gospel passage in which Jesus issued a simple exhortation three times, keep watch. Holy Father noting that sometimes we think of this virtue as an attitude motivated by the fear of imminent punishment, but quickly assured the faithful that this is certainly not the meeting of a Christian vigilance. Holy Father then invited the faithful to plan to use Advent to share with their brothers and sisters in need, giving listening, time, and concrete help. Former U.S. Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, a swing vote who became a key part of the court's longtime abortion-supporting majority, passed away on Friday. She was 93, as Catholic News Agency reports, and had been suffering from dementia for several years. Her most memorable abortion vote came in 1992's case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, in which she joined the 5-4 majority in upholding Roe v. Wade. The National Security Council spokesman John Kirby is saying it's unclear when talks aimed at resuming a truce between Israel and Hamas will restart. Hamas failed to come up with yet another list of women and children that could be released, and we know they're holding additional women and children, not combatants, not female IDF soldiers, but innocent civilians, women and children that they have that they couldn't put on a list. Appearing on Meet the Press yesterday, he said the U.S. is working very hard to try to get both sides back to the table. He also admitted that he honestly just doesn't know if negotiators can get something moving. Kirby's comments came after fighting reignited following a week-long truce. And Senator Lindsey Graham says putting more pressure on Iran might be the key to get Hamas to release all the remaining hostages. So what I would do is flip the script here. I would go to Iran and say, listen, uh, you know, you need to tell Hamas to let these hostages go. If you don't, you're going to start paying a heavier price. He believes if Iran feels threatened by what Hamas does, Iran will tell Hamas to change their course of action. And the chair of the House Intelligence Committee says a breakdown in intelligence in Israel helped allow the attack on October 7th to catch everyone by surprise. It's been amazing to to uh, have our intelligence committee now working closely with the Israeli intelligence committee and see the gaps that they have. That's Ohio Congressman Mike Turner, who says the U.S. intelligence community has been working closely with Israeli intelligence, and he praises CIA Director William Burns on negotiating for the release of the hostages, adding that he's playing a major role in helping Israel locate Hamas leadership in the mission to eliminate any threat from the terrorist group. Utah's Governor Spencer Cox wants colleges and universities to remain neutral on current events so students will be encouraged to engage in real dialogue on the issues. The institutions themselves need to be neutral so that we can have these disagreements. We want actually more disagreement on campus. There's a better way to do that. We can disagree without tearing each other apart. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation, Cox, who chairs the National Governors Association, says he wants robust discussions to take place on campuses across the country. The Republican governor claims colleges and universities in the country are trying to silence dissent 
by students. But he also emphasized that students need to feel safe to express themselves. He and Colorado's Governor Jared Polis have launched the Disagree Better bipartisan initiative as co-chairs of the National Governors Association. Trey Thomas tells us an American warship and multiple commercial vessels came under fire in the Red Sea on Sunday, prompting a response. The USS Kearney shot down several drones that officials say were launched from Houthi-controlled parts of Yemen just a month after it shot down rockets and drones fired from Houthi militants. U.S. Central Command said the attacks represent a direct threat to international commerce and maritime security. No casualties were reported. One GOP presidential hopeful says he will announce his health care plan, but not until the spring of next year. Obamacare promised lower premiums. It didn't deliver that. We know we need to go in a different direction. That's Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, who says he plans to replace Obamacare with a better plan. He did not go into detail other than saying he'll provide coverage at the lowest possible price. He was campaigning in Iowa Saturday, completing what they call a full grassley in the state. He has campaigned in all of 99 Iowa counties, a feat made famous by Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley. And Rory O'Neill tells us a new poll shows Americans are divided on the juvenile justice system. Should juveniles 14 to 18 years old face the same punishment as adults, or should the courts go easy on them? A Gallup survey finds American attitudes are equally divided these days. Compare that to 20 years ago, when solid majorities felt teens should be treated like adults. Older, more conservative voters say there should be no difference, but college grads tell Gallup courts should show leniency on those young offenders. Going to bed at the same time every night could be more beneficial than how much sleep you actually get. A study published last month in the Journal of Sleep finding that a regular sleep routine reduces the chances of an early death by some 20%. Scientists say a consistent time helps the body anticipate what's coming rather than simply reacting to new conditions. Brad Ford tells us Alaska Airlines announcing plans to buy Hawaiian Airlines, a deal valued at $1.9 billion dollars. Alaska Airlines would pay $18 per share for Hawaiian stock. Hawaiian closed at $4.86 on Friday. Alaska would also assume $900 million in debt from Hawaiian. The combined airline would be part of the One World Alliance that includes American Airlines, British Airways, and Cathay Pacific. Honolulu would remain a key hub. The deal needs approval of both boards, shareholders of Hawaiian Holdings, and U.S. regulators. Nearly half of U.S. companies intend to eliminate bachelor's degree requirements for some job positions next year. According to a recent survey by Intelligence.com of 800 U.S. employers, 55% said they already eliminated degree requirements this year. It comes after Walmart, IBM, Bank of America, Google, and others announced similar plans. Walmart eliminating college degrees as a requirement for hundreds of its corporate roles saying it would get rid of unnecessary barriers that prevent career advancement. The growing trend of cutting degree requirements has been described as an essential step in reducing inequity in the American labor market. And Bree Tennis tells us, it probably won't come as a surprise, but guess what? The cost of Christmas, yep, it's gone up again. Every year, the good people at PNC Bank release their Christmas price index. And this year, inflation has bumped up the cost for the 12 days of Christmas presents by about 2.7%. If you were to purchase all 76 gifts from the English Carol, from the 12 drummers drumming to the partridge in a pear tree, you would now have to drop $46,729.86. Gift wrapping and shipping not included. 
Speaking of finances and issues with finances, nearly half of Americans say achieving retirement security would not be just difficult, but would take what they described as a miracle. According to a new study, 47% of participants said they would need a miracle indeed to save up enough retirement funds, 48% saying they expect to face tough trade-offs in retirement, including living very frugally. Over 80% of respondents saying inflation is a big threat to their savings. The U.S. ranked is ranked number 20 in terms of retirement security, with Norway, Switzerland, and Iceland at the top of the list. Something that won't cost you too much. Well, Scott Carr tells us that for several days next year, national parks in some ways will be free of charge. The days that U.S. park goers can get into national parks for free include three holidays, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Veterans Day, and Juneteenth. In addition, all national parks will feature free admission on April 20th, August 4th, and September 28th. Some parks may charge fees for some activities, such as camping and fishing, while parks that are operated in partnership with other parties, such as states, might charge other types of fees. And speaking of parks, details are being announced about a new kid-focused theme park that's being built in the Dallas, Texas area. Universal Parks and Resorts Chair and CEO Mark Woodbury says it will be called Universal Kids Resort. It will feature our immersive and distinct brand of storytelling, adventures you can only imagine, and characters that come from our rich heritage and great stories. The theme park being built north of Dallas in Texas and will obviously be a quarter of the size of Universal's main theme parks in Florida and California. It will also be, they say, Universal's first destination park designed specifically for children in mind. It's expected to open in about three years. It is a Monday morning, almost 14 minutes past the hour on December 4th, 2023. Thank you for listening to EWTN, Global Catholic Radio. If you're a new listener, EWTN.com and AveMariaRadio.net, the two websites of the networks that co-produce this program and many others here on EWTN. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about the Couple to Couple League and a new campaign. Katie Zelanis joins us. She's the executive director. Lori Windham is a vice president and senior counsel at Beckett, talking about Catholic parishes trying to protect their religious mission. And then Gail Buckley wraps us up on a Monday morning with our Bible verse of the week with a very controversial verse Shouldn't be controversial if you take time to pray about and understand it, what St. Paul was trying to say about husbands and wives. Yep, that verse from Ephesians we will discuss later on in the program as we wrap up a Monday morning. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. More great Catholic radio coming your way. minutes past the hour on a Monday, first week of Advent. Thanks for tuning in. On the phone with us this morning, Katie Zalana. She is the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, an organization that has been promoting and teaching NFP, natural family planning, for 50 years. She has a background in software engineering and marketing, and she's focusing on providing platforms to allow teachers to support women and men through a lifetime of fertility. And this is so important given that so many couples are struggling with infertility and so many women are not familiar, unfortunately, even if they're Catholic with the beautiful teaching of natural family planning. Not only Catholic women, but so many people have actually come to the church when hearing about NFP because they're tired about how birth control and the ways of the world makes them feel. And they come across NFP and when they study it and when they embrace it, they realize, hmm, who's behind this? Maybe I should think about the church. Anyway, thanks so much for joining us. This is a super important issue, obviously, a life issue. But you've done something, I think, really beautiful here, Katie. Tell us about the, the new plan that's available. 
Sure. Um, thank you so much for uh, inviting us to join you. <clears throat> we have a new program. It's called Natural Plan. Um, you actually can find it at naturalplan.org. And it's a parish-based program, Teresa, that kind of backs up the bus a little bit and lets everybody uh, learn about natural family planning. Um, I think we haven't had a really great way to um, do that because uh, we just really focus on engaged couples, which is wonderful. And we've taught hundreds of thousands of engaged couples, which is beautiful. But um, a lot of times, uh, for whatever reason, you miss it. <laughs> you know, it just wasn't required. Uh, you came into the church later with our CIA, um, or something happened. And so a lot of people, um, even Catholics, are not a, not even aware of natural family planning or what it is or does it work. Um, so we've created a program that um, allows parishes and to uh, get the word out. What what is different about this? Is it the the way it's being taught, or it's the people involved in the series? What what do you think is different? Um, well, we made it um, very easy for um, parishes to engage in. Uh, you can present it. It's designed as a license. So essentially, we give you um, a video package that has ten videos in it, and then it also has um, a bonus package with even more, <laughs> and also a facilitator guide. And each student can have their own um, guide um, that gives them a place to jot down their notes and have follow-up information on all the talks. But one of the things is um, we have doctors and scientists um, who come together, also couples who use the method, uh, to really explain how this works and the very latest studies, which is often something that people are, you know, questioning us on. They're like, oh, that study's old. Well, I mean... The human body hasn't changed in a long time, so um, it's actually okay. But this is the very latest, and so it kind of packages, uh, puts it all together for parishes, and so people can use it, and they can use it in uh, different talks with different groups even. So you can go from start to finish, which is a beautiful program for um, if you're trying to explain it to people that are uh, engaged and just entering into natural planning, but it's also something that you can take apart, and you can use um, the women's roundtable for the women's group and the men's roundtable for the Knights of Columbus group. And it really is designed um, really to get the word out to everybody. Well, what I think is great about this, and by the way, if you're just joining us on a Monday morning edition of Catholic Connection, Katie Zelanis is the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, talking about this new natural plan that's available for parishes to teach natural family planning. The the variety of speakers, Katie, in the series is fantastic. It's something that we haven't seen before in terms of a whole package. You've got doctors speaking about fertility. You've got clergy. You've got fertility coaches. And you have scientists, what I think is super important, and medical professionals talking about the effectiveness of NFP and versus contraception and the impact on their marriage and relationship, I think that's that's a big component that's often ignored in terms of the way, especially women, feel about their bodies when they're using contraception. Right, and we've been blessed to have uh, our chairman is uh, Dr. Mike Manhart, and he works with Dr. Faring from Marquette, and they've done some really wonderful um, studies to show both, um, you know, review the effectiveness and also to review the studies um, about how it uh, impacts the health of your marriage. So um, we're blessed. We have people who've donated their time, um, and our our, our wonderful uh, donors have made this at a very low cost. And it really is to um, get people so they, they can hear the, the beautiful um, option that's available to them to have a way of managing your fertility all naturally. Um, 
and you know it doesn't teach anyone method. Uh, it just it just makes the case that you should learn, and then it gives you um, access and tells you where to find reliable methods. How did you go about deciding uh, who was going to be in the series? Because there's a lot of really great experts out there on NFP. You know, it probably was just the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, it was something that <clears throat> both our board and our staff um, had talked to after COVID. We had kind of called all the, uh, actually all the dioceses and kind of checked in with them to see what was going on. And the number one thing we heard that they needed was, um, you know, please give us uh, a way to, you know, get this word out and talk about this and talk about um, the latest studies and so forth. So we kind of uh, just put our heads together. We we thought we could, well, we got our, our video cameras on our phone and we thought we could, you know, maybe start there. And we did. But then we soon realized that, um, you know, just to be fair to everybody, we had to have some professional help. So we got yeah. we got some help, and we got uh, we. It was just a it was an amazing experience. To, How long did to it take to pull together. this all together? How long did it take? Uh, I think for six eight months. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's been a while, um, but we had we had just reached out to um, actually out in Denver, and we had a group of uh, teachers that have been. Uh, teaching uh, natural implanting, which is required in the in the diocese, and we just had this idea to have um, women at a coffee shop, and we have men around a, a around a, um, a fire pit, and uh, we just had the women talk to the women and the men talk to the men, which is different. Um, right. Usually, we also have couples that speak about it, but we we had um, you know the men and women talk uh, together, and we just literally put the cameras on and. We went for 43 minutes with the women, and the men were like, "We can beat that." <laughs> and so, um, and we put on the men, and it was beautiful. I mean, we the hardest part we had was what to cut. Right. We were just like, "This is we can't do 43 minutes," but oh my gosh, this is beautiful. <laughs> but see, that's the other thing, though, because you're talking about real life experiences, right? Right. Um, these are not staged. We didn't give them a script. We just said, "Here, sit down, have a." a beer or a root beer and, and, uh, you know, tell us your experience. Um, and it was, it was, it was really beautiful. I was there for those and I'm, it was one of the, I don't know, experiences of faith, I guess, for me, just listening to my brothers and sisters talk about it. (laughs) So in terms of being released, did it just come out? Has it been, uh, being used or is it just too soon yet? Because I know the press release is dated the end of November. So how far are you in the distribution phase of this? Right, so we're just getting started. So, um, and for parishes, we are trying to make it a little bit open-ended to fit with their uh, the diocese or parishes programs. And so, people are kind of looking at it and trying things. Um, my husband and I just facilitated um, a live online session this weekend. It was beautiful. It was really beautiful, um, and we had a lot of fun um, with it. Just, it's so beautiful to work with young couples that are engaged. They're just um, a joy to speak with, and it was fun. And they were we were saying, um, you know, did you know about natural planning? Have you ever heard? And they said no. Um, wow. And that I think that's the number one thing that was the reason why we did this was um, because we hear back and people almost feel betrayed. 
that they're like, why, yep. why didn't I hear about this? this, right? How many of us went through that growing up, especially people now, but also in our age, right? The baby boomers and whatnot. Why didn't I know this when I was growing up? Kathy, of course, in my case, I probably wouldn't have been open to it anyway, but I'm just speaking for myself. But this is awesome. Katie Moore uh, on this program. When we come back, we're talking with Katie Zalanis. She's the executive director of the Couple to Couple League. On their new program, go to naturalplan.org. Again, naturalplan.org. We'll be right back. On the cutting edge, getting out there, using media platforms to make a difference for the Lord and for His church. We are chatting with Katie Zolana. She's the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, an organization that has been promoting and teaching NFP for 50 years. Praise God. And they have a brand new program. You can find out naturalplan.org. And it's a video series that includes, among other things, doctors speaking about fertility and how the methods work, fertility coaches and NFP teaching couples, clergy speaking about theology of the body and responsible parenthood, and scientists and medical professionals speaking about the effectiveness of NFP versus contraception and their impact on marriage. And as Katie said before the break, also some really down-home, honest conversation with women and men about NFP and how it's impacted their lives so positively. So Katie, in terms of the audience, you're targeting mainly newlywed couples and newly engaged couples, correct? Well, um, we actually are targeting everybody. Okay. okay. <laughs> we want everyone who's probably over the age of whatever, 14, to, to hear about this. Um, I think it's long been uh, frustration for everyone to hear, you know, couples come in and be upset because no one told them, as you were saying before the break. Um, and so, really, this program is meant to be a license to the parish um, so that they can break it up and they can use it um, for a date night, um, talks, they can use it at Columbus, they can use it uh, wherever, because really, we're missing a lot of people if we just focus on the engaged. But it is set up for engaged, too, um, and so we do have options of uh, teaching it, um, Obviously, the engaged, it makes the most sense, right, because they're right. entering into marriage and then they would need to learn about it. So no one's told them either. Um, so, uh, But we're trying to make it very uh, flexible so that we can tell more people. One of the things is, we, you know, we've, we've understood that, especially like you, mothers and daughters, you, know, you could have a retreat and, and the moms and daughters can use part of it. Not all of it, right? It doesn't always apply. But, um, you know, on the other hand... Uh, it's important to back up the bus a little bit <laughs> right. and get more people informed even before they enter into, um, you know, a pre cana program. Why do you think it hasn't been, uh, it, so many people don't know about it in general, NFP? What have you found over the years? Um, I think uh, that people have been focused, rightly so, on, you know, excellent classes. So a cla- So to learn it effectively... You need to have um, a well-done class that's taught by a certified teacher um, who who understands this and knows you know knows how to work with you on it. Um, and so that's been the primary focus, I think, of the church. But um, that it requires um, uh, a real specialist in focus, and then it misses people in the meantime. So some people don't even know about it and so we're you know we're building this to be a little bit different we're going to try something new and we're kind of our, it's to the generosity of our donors that we've been able to do it and we're putting it out there at $15 per couple and you can take it online if you're 
you know, uh, I don't know, Montana, and there's only three weddings in your parish, yeah. <laughs> and they're all different times. Maybe you don't, you can't get a group together. We'd like to see parishes use it in a group or dioceses use it in a group setting, um, and that would be beautiful because we feel like our faith is relational. So it's it's wonderful to be able to talk to to people, even if it's live online. That still works really well. Um, and then from there, you know, I think it's just a matter of um, when you're talking about just getting the word out. I think you just find things that are appropriate. Um, these are beautiful. They're well done, and I think you can, you know, find things that apply to to different groups as you go. It's so affordable. It's so inexpensive. Yeah, that's our introductory pricing. We're we're kind of hoping we can keep it that way. Um, and uh, the way we can is if the more parishes that we get to sign up, it's one hundred and twenty five dollars. Uh, at least we're trying that. It's kind of crazy. I think the I think the retail value is like one hundred and seventy. Um, but we are um, sending out a facilitator guide and 10 uh, student guides uh, with a parish license, and then the parish has um, able to access the videos and use them um, for whatever they need uh, for a full year. So um, the more parishes and the more people we get to use it, um, the more affordable it becomes for everybody. Yeah, it's awesome. We're talking with Katie Zalanis, Executive Director of the Couple to Couple League, the new program, Natural Plan. You can find out more by simply going to the website, naturalplan.org. Now, before you launched this, because it was launched at the end of November, did you sit down with particular pastors or couples to kind of review it and get their feedback, or how did that work? Yeah, yes. Well, this is what we do um, for 15 years, so we have lots of access to um, speaking with both, you know, our teaching couples, our promoters, our, our clergy, um, and, you know, our board and so forth. And so it's something that we all care about, uh, regardless of which method you teach in the church. Uh, um, and there's beautiful methods uh, being taught by wonderful people. Um, and, you know, I think it's frustrating when, when you know, nobody knows the good, the good news. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, that's what we heard. So this is the program that we came up with uh, based on that. How did you get involved in Couple to Couple League, Katie, to be become the executive director? It's a pretty uh, important position you have. Oh, I'm I'm so blessed. It's such an amazing um, it's such an amazing group of people to work with. Um, uh, my husband and I <clears throat> felt so strongly we became promoters. Um, so not teachers, but we were <clears throat> gave talks and and just you know testified to the beauty of and the effectiveness of natural plan planning. Um, we just hit you know our twenty fourth year, I think. <laughs> So we've been um, being part of this organization for a long time, um, and then it was just a joy to be able to, to um, I was on the board for a little while, and it was a joy to be able to use some of my background to, to um, assist. I was just going to say, software engineering and marketing, look at how God's using that now, huh? <laughs> yes, it's, uh, I feel like so many of the things I learned, right, I was able, I'm able to use now, um, and please God, there, you know, it, it goes well, and we'll... Um, we'll make some additional uh, progress with all the good work that everyone's doing. All right, so basically, just to get started, they can simply, whether it's a, a parish priest, a pastor, someone who is involved in adult faith formation, they can just go to the website. The link is naturalplan.org, correct? Correct, and there it describes the program. Um, it lets you purchase it. We also have an interest button, so if anybody would like to um, you know, sponsor it for their parish or get involved, um, this is not this is not a, a full NFP class. It explains 
how, you know, why you should take an NFP class <laughs> and how, you know, which method might be right for you. Um, and because that makes it most successful when you pick a method that's right for, for the person learning. Um, and so, so really, people that are formed in their faith can teach, you know, teach this, facilitate it uh, within their parish. And so go to naturalplan.org, there's an interest button, and we'll get back to you. And, um, you know, we can figure out how, how we can use it in your parish or diocese. Oh, well, it's beautiful. Thank you for doing this and making it real for people and accessible and easy to understand and why this is just such a beautiful gift that the church give, gives us in terms of this teaching on natural family planning. The website again, naturalplan.org. It's a brand new program that was just released. It actually just came out at the end of November, so hot off the presses, as they say. Again, you can go to the website, naturalplan.org, for more details. And we've been chatting with Katie Zelanis. She's the executive director of the Couple to Couple League, an organization that has been, as we mentioned earlier, teaching NFP for 50 years. And I love the way the Lord is using her background as a software engineer in marketing. You never know what God has planned for you. And now using that to help promote the importance and the beauty of this teaching. Again, the website is naturalplan.org. We'll be right back. And we're going to be talking with our friends at the Beckett Fund about how one parish is trying to correct themselves and their parish mission against what's going on out there in the culture. She'll explain. More Catholic Connection coming your way in a Monday on EWTN. Keep on keeping on. That's what the friends at our Beckett Fund, wonderful organization, religious media law firm, religious law firm, I should say, Freedom, not media. Well, they work on that too. BeckettLaw.org. And right now they're working with a parish in my home state in the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan, which is about an hour north of Detroit, trying to protect themselves from our Attorney General, Nestle. Lori Windham is a VP and Senior Counsel at Beckett. So tell us about the parish and what they're facing, Lori, because in Michigan, please pray for us, we have uber challenges with the governor and our attorney general, both of whom are very, very anti-Catholic, very pro-abortion and pro a lot of other things. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Teresa. It's great to be on. Tell, so, tell us about it's St. Joe's, right? St. Joe's in Lansing? Yes, that's right. And what they've been dealing with, unfortunately, is a major change in Michigan law. Michigan is now uh, more restrictive of religious freedom than the federal government and than most other states. There's a new law that's been passed that bans sexual orientation and gender identity discrimination, as the state has defined it. And what that means is that a Catholic parish, if it's going to hire according to mission, uh, and if it is going to run its school in a way that has things like separate locker rooms for boys and girls and separate sports teams, uh, can be sued and can be investigated by the state attorney general for remaining true to their Catholic faith. Now, this seems so basic in terms of a direct violation of the First Amendment. How do you think this is going to go in terms of fighting this case? Well, you know, we are confident that um, we will win and that uh, Michigan's law will be recognized as being overbroad. You know, as I said before, they've gone further than the federal government. When the federal government made Title VII, it recognized that there needed to be protections for religious employers. Uh, most states who have included things like sexual orientation discrimination laws have made carve-outs for religious exercise, but Mich- Michigan decided to jettison all of that, saying that the people who asked for these sorts of protections were bigots. And so what we've seen here is a big overreach by Michigan, and I believe that it will eventually be pushed back. 
So where does the case stand right now? Right now, we're at the early stages. So St. Joseph's Parish brought this case to be able to protect its ability to hire according to mission and to live out its Catholic faith. And Michigan's uh, argument so far has been nothing to see here. We don't know when or if we might investigate you, when or if we might enforce against you. It's just too early. You've got to wait until we're really after you. And the danger is here before you can go to federal court and protect your First Amendment rights. We obviously think that's wrong, but the district court agreed and said, nope, it's too early. And so we've taken this to a federal court of appeals to say, no, these are our First Amendment rights. These are our most precious freedoms. We need to be able to protect them now uh, before a small parish and school is under threat from its state's highest law enforcement official. Yeah, and I understand you've been working closely with the Diocese of Lansing on this, Lansing, Michigan, correct? Yes, and, and they have been really fantastic in um, staying true to their faith, standing up against enormous pressure that unfortunately they've been facing in Michigan, uh, and continuing to do things. You know, St. Vincent Catholic Charities um, fought the good fight and won on their adoption and foster program to be able to continue to operate according to their faith. Uh, and yet here we are again uh, with St. Joseph's Parish. We're talking with Lori Windham, the VP and Senior Counsel at Beckett, about St. Joe's Parish in the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan, standing up against uh, the overreach of our state government. Now, they're in line with the federal government, but what you're saying in, in terms of the Biden administration, but they're even going much further than they are, correct? That's right. Michigan's current administration has gone farther than the Biden administration. Uh, because at least the Biden administration recognizes that under laws like Title VII and Title IX, uh, religious employers and religious schools have some protection. They have some ability to hire according to mission. They have at least some ability to have separate spaces for women, although, of course, that's being fought about over Title IX. Um, but Michigan passed this law without any religious exemptions, any religious protections, said that to do otherwise would be a license to discriminate. Uh, and so they've, they're way out of line, uh, way far beyond what the federal government and what most other states have done. Lori, as an attorney, sees a lot of, obviously this is what you do, you stand up for religious freedom and help uh, clients do the same thing. How much of this is, let's, let's throw as much against the wall and see what's going to stick. It, it, is that a case here? Well, let's, we're just going to take it as far <laughs> as we can to see how far we can go and how much we can get away with. You know, it, it's a good question, and I think it's definitely uh, a sign of um, of legislators and others who are testing the limits to see what they can get away with, what they can push back on in terms of, of First Amendment rights. And I think that that attempt is going to fail, um, but they are in... in ter- that- Go ahead, I'm sorry. I lost you there for a second. Go ahead. I, I was just going to say I worry that there are... Um, parishes and religious organizations out there who are going to be afraid. They're going to think that they may need to change their ways to conform to the law. Nobody wants to be under threat uh, from their state attorney general. And isn't, don't you think, too, that's part of the end game as well, is to scare them and put them in a fearful position? And also, of course, they're thinking about the dollars of, of possibly going to court. I was just saying, in terms of the part of their end game, is it also that they want to see just how fearful they would? They want people to be fearful so they won't do what they should do in terms of protecting their, their religious freedom rights. I mean, that's like, if, we, if we get them into a position of fear and concern about finances, having to go to court and how draining that can be in so many ways, then we can just control them more. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a big part of these laws is they have a, a major deterrent effect. And sometimes that deterrent effect is good, right? Laws banning racial discrimination in, in, in businesses. 
we recognize those are good things and they have an important deterrent effect. But unfortunately here, that deterrent effect is being turned against religious organizations who are hiring to mission. And that's why it's so important. That's why we brought this lawsuit now, and that's why it's so important that you be able to bring these kinds of challenges so that First Amendment rights can be protected now, right after the law is passed, and not five, ten years down the road when a religious school or parish is facing millions of dollars from a lawsuit. Has it this kind of an attempt of overreach been defeated in other cases around the country at the state level and also the federal level even? It is. I mean, we've seen here in Michigan, uh, we won the cases with regard to foster and adoption, where they were accusing foster and adoption agencies of discrimination uh, for staying true to their Catholic beliefs. Uh, and we were able to win that case after the Supreme Court decision in Fulton. Michigan realized that it, too, was in violation of the law and agreed that it would not um, make those enforcement attempts against religious adoption and foster agencies anymore. We've seen that play out in Philadelphia and uh in other states as well. And so we do have good precedent for uh, the First Amendment protecting religious organizations and cutting back on these overreaching state laws. Uh, the, the unfortunate thing is that even though that has already happened, we, we still have to have these fights. So in closing, Lori, what would you suggest? Because people listening to this may feel kind of like hopeless when you have uh, governments like we have here in Michigan, not to mention the Biden administration and their overreach in so many other areas. What should we be doing as concerned Christians, do you think? Well, you know, first and foremost, we are grateful for your prayers, and we we ask for those and we welcome those. Uh, And second, it is, you know, the word encourage, the heart of it is encourage. Take heart, um, be strong know your rights and be willing to stand up for them rather than just give in when the government official threatens. Amen, sister. That's why we count on you guys to help us do that. BeckettLaw.org is a website. Lori Windham, Vice President and Senior Counsel at Beckett, talking about this important case in the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan. That's about an hour north of Detroit of a parish simply trying to protect themselves so they can be Catholic and live out their faith without government interference. Lori, thanks so much. God bless your team there at Beckett Law. You do a great job. We'll be right back on a Monday morning edition of Catholic Connection to wrap up with Gail Buckley and our Bible verse of the week. Stay tuned. Welcome back. Wrapping up a Monday morning edition of Catholic Connection on this the first week of Advent, Monday, December 4th. And I was telling Gail during the break, wow, nothing like starting off the week with probably one of the most controversial verses in Scripture and misunderstood, I would say. Gail, good morning. Thanks for joining us. What's what's on tap for us yeah, this morning? Good morning, T. You're absolutely right. It's from Ephesians uh, chapter 5, verse 22 that says, Wives, be subject to your husbands as is sitting in the Lord. And like you said, this is a controversial one. It's one that I think many women find these words of St. Paul to be offensive. You know, you and I both are strong women, Teresa, and maybe you felt the same way I did a while back, you know, before I was had the Lord in my life, the sin in my life, I should say. You know, I, was, I felt the same way, and I can understand, you know, how women bristle when they hear this verse. The fact is that in a Christian marriage, that a man and a woman should share equally, but have different roles. Mm-hmm. And the man should be the head of the family, but the woman is the heart. You know, you can't have one without the other. And so, you know, it's certainly understandable, I think, for, you know, a woman to feel unappreciated for their work or what they bring to the marriage. But in today's society, some women, I think, you know, have taken um, women's rights to a private 
screen. And, you know, they want to have the man's role. They want to have everything. They want it all. And I remember, T, about, I don't know, several years ago, I was watching the Academy Awards, something I don't do anymore. <laughs> it's gotten right. way too political. But, you know, when I turned it on, I believe it was Patricia at, um, Arquette that had just won an award for something. I don't remember what. But at the end of her speech, she raised her voice and she raised her fist in the air and she was screaming about women's rights and equality. And the women in the audience just jumped to their feet and were cheering. And, you know, it's just, I, I understand it, it's not right if women don't get the equal pay. And I certainly understand that. And and if they, you know, are not, uh, if they're passed over, you know, for a position in a company because they're a woman, that's terrible. But in a marriage, and this is what St. Paul was talking about, in a marriage, you know, God made man and woman, and he made the man the head of the family. Someone has to be the head. You can't have two heads. Right. You know, just as we don't have two heads for the church. You know, Christ is the head of the church, and the church is his bride. And that's the example St. Paul was talking about. He's given advice to married couples to help them live holy lives together. And I think what initially offends some women is the word subject or submissive. It's used in many translations, like our translation today uses the word subject. And But I don't think they understand that what St. Paul was telling women to be subject or submissive to the husband. He didn't mean that they should be doormats or submissive to the abusive husband. Right. He was addressing... You know, Christian couples who have the Lord in their lives, and he wanted to live according to the Lord's will. And he went on to say, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, gave himself up for her. In other words, he's telling the husbands they should be willing to lay down their lives for their wives. And as I said, he's talking to couples who are Christians and not worldly pagan couples, you know. And he's, he's trying to let them know that the church is the bride of Christ, and as such, the church should be submissive to Christ in order to have harmony, the same thing in a Christian marriage. So, you know, St. Paul is only asking women to look up to their husbands, to respect them. He doesn't mean that a woman should let her husband treat her like someone who's inferior. And, and also, I think, too, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to make sure we get this in there. Sure. I'm sure, I'm, and I'm sure yeah. you're going to bring it up. But but the fact is, if you if you read the that, that full chapter and you read, you go on after that yes. verse, the the husband actually is called to be even more submissive because he talks about loving your wives as Christ loved the church. Exactly. Well, what did Christ do? He died for the church. And so the role is for the husband to be the head by submitting himself to the wife in terms of giving his whole everything and dying for him, but to himself. Amen. Took the words out of my mouth. That's exactly right. You know, um, I hope that uh, people listening, you know, will understand now, better understand this verse that, um, as you just said, that. Christ, is, Christ died for his church. He, tried, he died for all of us. And a man is supposed to be the same thing. Die for his wife. Lay down his life. And, you know, it goes on to say that to love them, like, just like Christ loved the church. So I think, you know, anyone listening today, I hope they have a better understanding of what St. Paul was saying now. And the other thing, too, I would do in addition, obviously, to understanding this verse, Gail, and I know you've done this, and, and this is something that was eye-opening to me, is how about read the documents that the Church has on the role of women. Read yes. John Paul II's Mulieris Dignitatum on the Dignity and Vocation of Women. Read the papal letter to women. Look at how many women have prominent roles in the Church and understand that when we're Amen. talking about equality, equality does not mean sameness because we are very, very different. Even the Pope talked last week about the Church being a woman, and if we don't understand women, 
from the theological perspective, we're not going to understand the church. That's absolutely right. You know, and St. Peter also said that wives should submit themselves to their husbands so that if any one of them do not believe the Word of God, that they might be won over by the words, not by the words, but by the behavior of their wives. You know, so just be a good wife. Be, you don't have to be submissive and be a doormat, but you have an equal role as the heart of the home and the husband is the head of the home, and you share this together. You're one flesh. And that's what the Bible says, and the Catechism says. Uh, and it's beautiful. The Catechism says actually the, that um, God, you know, uh, gave the woman as a helpmate, which is the Catechism states represents God from whom uh, comes our yep. help. Thanks, Gail. Appreciate it. Great insight, and of course, Catholic Scripture Study International, a wonderful program. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Ciao, ciao, adomani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.